the fundamental structure of the kingdom of God is family. Um, that's ideally the same thing as a biological family, but it doesn't always work out that way. And that's okay. It's not a big deal to Jesus. We talked about that a few weeks ago where Jesus' own family was coming to him and said, well, who's my family? It's the one who hears what I say and does it. And so, um, but family is the context, guys, in which we're able to follow Jesus faithfully. If you're like me, I grew up thinking that following Jesus was pretty much an individual pursuit. Can anybody relate to me? As long as I did my own prayer stuff, you know, and then showed up on Sundays, um, everything would be okay. And I just realized that's a, that's a recipe for failure. Uh, we're, not, we're made to do this together, not made to do it alone. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the way you have provided for us family, even when we didn't even know it. And we accept what you give us. Uh, <laughs> through Jesus, merit we pray, amen. Um, well, today we're going to start a series about worship. Um, and yeah, hopefully today is going to be pretty simple. But man, it seems like Jesus is seriously prepping us for this. You know, question is, like, why, why are we doing a series about worship? We do a lot of it. Um, <laughs> I often hear the comment, man, we really like your worship at Believer's Church. The preaching's okay, but we love the worship at Believer's Church. So I was like, you know you're talking out loud to me right now. A, but uh, I think that's great. I have no problem with that. So if we have such great worship or whatever, why would we do a series on this? And the, the bottom line is, I've just sensed the Lord wanting to do it. You know, and not just myself, but in our teaching staff and and. That, that's the main thing. But as we've been diving into what is worship, um, I, we've noticed a few things. The, the first thing, why it's important we understand and dive deep on worship is we're actually made for it. We're made for it. Um, Paul says it this way in, in Ephesians. Ephesians 1 is just one of the most beautiful. I just read yesterday one guy saying it's got to be the most beautiful passage of Scripture. And it's just talking, we talked about several Sundays ago when I talked about God as first a father. He, he, in Ephesians 1, Paul's talking about why are we here? He said, oh, we're here because in love, he decided ahead of time he wants us to be sons and daughters. But then Paul goes on to say this, that in Jesus, in him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of the father who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. <laughs> Siri's talking to me, asking me what language to translate what I'm saying into. Thank you, AI. You're so smart. Um, what the purposes were, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And then he, he, so that's Paul talking about him and his buddies who preach the gospel. And then he says to the Ephesians who he's writing to, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Isn't it cool that Alex just talked about that? Here's a wedding ring. 
the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. We're his bride. We belong to him. What for? To the praise of his glory. We're made for this worship moment. It's, it's our natural state. It's where we're at our normal best. But that's not the only reason I've noticed it's important for us to understand what worship is. The other one is that the biggest problem humanity has is misplaced worship. John Calvin in 1559 said it this way, the human mind is a perpetual forge of idols. In modern language, factory There was no industrial revolution at the 1559 stage. But the human mind, in our broken state, in in the effects of what sin has done to us, that we just naturally come up with idols. Paul said it this way at the very beginning. He's given the whole gospel in Romans. And he starts out with the challenge, the problem, why there is a gospel. He says that the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. We can see who God is and what he's like. But for some reason, we're living in this wickedness and it's bringing God displeasure and angst. For although they knew God, here's the problem. They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Now, that's what's fascinating about this. You can say, you know, because he's using the word they, Paul is. It's easy to read that and go, yeah, those people. Those people worshiping statues. But then Romans 2, Paul kind of brings in, he goes, well, if you think you're uh, immune to this, You're the problem too. Um, Because if you think about it, guys, there's something about us. Have you ever noticed that worship is a natural response to something that you think is great or beautiful? Right? Have you noticed that? Like you see an incredible sunrise, you go, hey, look. Or a beautiful person, you're like, I just have to tell you, you're beautiful. I just have to. It's the natural response to something that is glorious is to worship it. But in our confusion, we, we, we do that with a lot of things other than God himself. I do. I do. That's why we have these beautiful worship moments. It's not because, well, I got a, we got a whole series to talk about this. It's not because God's selfishly needing praise. It's because he's like, you're distorting yourself. Stop it. You're made to worship me because I'm so beautiful. You can't help it. So this is just a natural problem that we have. Well, it's unnatural. It's, a, it's just what comes out of us because of our sin and brokenness. Uh, 
So we're made for worship. This place worships humanity's biggest problem. And the other thing is, why are we looking at worship? Our vision at Believers is to become near and like Jesus. And I don't think that's unique to us. It's just our way of saying what every church is saying. And here's, the, here's an interesting phrase that I'm not going to explain, but will hopefully be explained over this teaching series, is that Jesus himself is the true worshiper. It's a really weird thing to think about. But it's Jesus shows us what worship is. Jesus himself is the true worshiper. So um, what we're going to do, the way we're going to do it, we're going to look at scripture and tradition. You guys remember we talked about how do we know it's true? Does anybody remember that? Rest. And what's rest? It's reason, experience, scripture, and tradition. And not necessarily in that order. We're going to look at scripture. We're going to look at tradition. Tradition with worship is really important. In other words, other believers over the last 2,000 years. Did you know that there was no Bethel worship with the, the disciples and the apostles? Abby Gamboa wasn't singing then. They didn't have amplification of anything. Did you know that, there's, that Jesus has been worshipped in a lot of different ways over a lot of different times? And so really, really helpful for us to look at that. Of course, we're going to look at Scripture because we want to learn to worship more like Jesus. doesn't mean everything we're doing is wrong or anything like that. But when we sense the Lord, this is so cool, even in the worship and even things are shared. And, and Alex uh, shared that thing about the betrothed. Uh, Keith Wither turned me on to this book I started reading that was just the last two days, I'm not kidding, is about the bridal love for Jesus. It's like, whoa, Jesus is going after our hearts. He is such affection for us. But it's an exclusive affection. And that exclusive affection returned to him is what we call worship. We want to learn to worship more like Jesus. So how are we going to do that? We're going to base a multi-week series on one sentence. Romans 12.1. It's like, how in the world could you possibly do that? Well, it's just the joy of the scriptures. Obviously, we're going to use some context and things like that of what Romans 12, 1 says. But what we're going to be asking throughout the series is, what is worship? Why do we worship? Who do we worship? When do we worship? Where do we worship? And how do we worship? Believe it or not, you can see that all from this sentence. Um, And so what we're going to do for just a few minutes today is instead of me telling you these things, we're going to start by each of us doing our own reflection on this passage, okay? So it's going to be kind of like a, a group Bible study, or Lectio Divina, if you know what that means. So we're just going to look at this verse, and we're going to ask each of these questions. You can take some notes on your phone. You can, uh, whatever, I don't, I don't know, whatever things you, I don't come with paper and pencil, so I don't know, I don't think about bringing, handing it out to you, but um, we're just going to answer these questions. We're not going to take a long time. But for each of these, I'll read it out loud, then we'll ask the question and just contemplate it. Sound good? Doing it anyway. (laughs) Therefore, Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So here's the first question. What is worship? Based on that sentence, let's just reflect. What is worship?
Okay, I'll read it again and we'll have another question. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Let's ask this question. Why do we worship? Okay, I'll read it again. We'll ask another question. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So let's ask, who do we worship? Next question. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So when, when do we worship? Okay, another reading, another question. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Where do we worship? Okay, I think this is the last one, I think. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
How do we worship? Okay, so what I'm hoping we're getting a chance to do is just getting our whistles wetted. <laughs> Why do I use that phrase? I don't know. Of what it means to worship. Here, here's a question to ask. Is for, for any of us, just in just this reflection on this sentence, has some of your understanding of what it means to worship and how we worship just been affirmed a little bit. Anybody feel that? Okay. How, how, how many of us feel like it might broaden your definition or challenge your definition a little bit of what worship is? Good. So what we're going to try to do in this series is recognize how we are made for worship. It's a natural thing. You'll notice this in your daily life. Recognize that misplaced worship is our biggest problem. We are idol factories. Oops, wrong button. And we want to worship more like Jesus. You in for that? Really? Okay. Let, let me tell you what he's doing to me. <laughs> So I've been in this before you a little bit, and that's, I think, what some of church leadership shepherding is about, is hopefully experiencing the very thing God's leading us into as we're going into it. Um, I just noticed that the Lord is, is amplifying how beautiful He is to me. And he's gently identifying my idols. And that's just uncomfortable. I think we want to enter into this incredibly beautiful, stunning, attractive communion that we see between Father and Jesus, which is what the true worshiper relationship is to enter into it the joyful cost is everything the joyful cost is to be emptied of all of our idols and you say that here's the good news about that we can't get ourselves there Matt said it so well we can't try to clean ourselves up for it we just have to continue to pre present ourselves to the gaze of Jesus and let him ask for whatever he wants and I can't even give him what he wants unless he helps me. See what I'm saying? Because if you start to get like me, I was raised in a tradition that sometimes when I hear this, I feel like, Ugh, 
constrained and this is going to be hard and unfun. This is going to be the most joyful things we've ever done. Because it's like, you know, it's like stopping eating cigarette butts. You know, it's like, it's like, man, I'm starving. I just used to eating these things. And Jesus is like, yeah, man, you can continue if you'd like. I still love you, but I got something better. I got something better for you. And even for some of us, this is so hard, but even for some of us, it just might be not cigarette butts, but Twix bars. It might be like you're, you're, the, the, the idolatry is not so much, no, this tastes really good. And you're like, yeah, I know, but it ain't doing much for you, bro. And, and so, so the joy of this is that it's Jesus that leads us into this. This is all about get the gaze of Jesus, both pulling us to the Father and also instructing us how to do it so that we don't have to be afraid. But we also know that it, 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 he's asking for everything. You know, it, I just, I didn't tell any of these guys what we were going to talk about today. They're all saying all this stuff today. That's why I know, oh, Lord, you're in this. You're up for this. He's in love with us and loves us with fierceness and so wants our healing. So wants us to know what it is to truly worship him. So we're going to worship him right now in the clearest way that Jesus gave us to worship God. This is the clearest, most three-dimensional way Jesus gave us to worship. And so you'll see we've got those fancy little communion cups on your seats. You know, this is uh, Memorial Day weekend where we remember people, at least in the United States, we remember that people, there were people who were actually willing to die for you and me uh, to protect us and be able to worship freely and that kind of thing. And I have found that most of us right now probably don't know personally someone who did that. My wife's grandfather died at 100 and he had uh, like been wounded in battle, but that's an incredible thought to think that someone would give their life away for you, isn't it? And they didn't even like necessarily know you. And so that's something important to honor. But it strikes me, and this I'm speaking of my own heart, how quickly I say Jesus died for me with no emotion. And I'm saying it as a guilt thing, I'm saying it as a, that's just how distracted I am a lot of the time. That this man, Jesus, this guy, who actually, I'm not going to say he didn't know me. He did. He knew everything about me that betrays him. That was awesome because I was like, did my watch do that? I didn't know <laughs> what just happened. That was amazing. <laughs> Think about this. Think about what you're embarrassed about, what you're ashamed of, the things that you don't share in church. <laughs> you don't want anybody to know. And Jesus knows it and feels it and says, I am giving everything away 
for love of you. For just starry-eyed, I can't help myself. I'm in love with you. And I will give away everything for you. And I already have. I have to have you. I have to have you. I have to have you. So I've endured any kind of suffering, rejection, emotional, physical, spiritual suffering. To have you. And have to heal you. And restore you to what you're meant to be. And that's what we do in communion. Jesus, at the moment he was going to do this, Paul said it on the night he was betrayed. Guys, he's been betrayed. Anyone here been betrayed? And felt the sting and the, the resentment. And Jesus is betrayed. And in the moment, he's just washed the feet of his betrayer. Knowing I'm going to die for him. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this thing in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, the relationship between God and people, ratified through the death of a pure lamb. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So that's what we're going to do right now. The affection of Jesus gazing at us from heaven right now in his memory he's the same yesterday today and forever his memory he remembers your face from the cross he says your name so if you're carrying any sin which I am Lord forgive me of my sin through what you did at the cross to die in my place for the consequences of my sin. Will you forgive me now? Will you make things right between me and God right now? There's some of us here that you're still carrying lingering guilt and shame as if the cross wasn't enough. And that actually, guys, is a position of pride that we have to repent from. I'm sorry, Lord, for holding on to this as if you weren't enough. Will you remove this? And I don't even know how to remove it. But forgive me and remove this guilt. May the cross of Jesus be enough. So let's go ahead. If you haven't already opened this, the top, you can see you've got a little wafer. I'm not going to be able to do it with the microphone in my hand. Yeah, can you do this for me, Shane? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Let's take that wafer. And that represents the, the body of Jesus broken for our healing. And let's just receive this. Take it together.
And let's take this little cup here, representing the very blood of Jesus, and receive his forgiveness. Let's take it together. Let's just sit in this for a second. Lord, let your spirit wash over us now to bring the truth of what you've done for us to the deepest parts of us right now, Lord. Pray for healing in bodies, healing in souls and spirits, minds right now, Lord, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness, 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 forgiveness. If you've never followed Jesus, tell him you want to now. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. Thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and stand together. We're going to finish with two different prayers. We'll finish the whole service with our Oikos Matt prayer. But before that, this is a prayer based on what we read today. Go ahead and read it so that way you know what you're getting into if you want to read it out loud and mean it. Okay, so if you would like to pray this and mean it with me, we're going to pray it out loud together. Sound good? Father, In response to how much mercy you have given us, help us to offer to you our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. This will be our true and proper worship. Amen. Okay. In light of the mercy we've been given, we're going to pray for mercy for others far from God. And so if you're new to believers... Oikos map, that's just Greek for household. Those people around you, you have a relationship with that you know are far from God. So let's just let God bring some of those people, just their faces to our minds right now. That are far from God, they're in your circle of relationships. Yeah. Let's pray this out loud together. Lord, I pray for the people in my life who are far from you. Deliver them from the evil one. Bring them into your family and help them to grow as your disciples. Hey, guys, if you have testimonies, I'm telling you, these crazy stories are happening. Jesus answers these very simple prayers. We're praying on a daily basis. I could tell you a couple that happened to me this week that are just surprising me like, oh, um, just share them with us. Get on, online or come and tell us. We want to encourage one another with what's going on. Happy Memorial Day. Be safe. We love you guys. Have a great week.